0: We just learned this morning that, I knew this was going to (laughs) happen, a real hero of ours in the faith passed away last night. Some of you will know uh, of a couple called Ken and Jeannie Morgan from our home in England and uh, they came a number of years ago and they, they did some teaching and training on prayer ministry and they're you know, their fingerprints are on, on on our church and over our church. And sadly, Ken passed away last night. And, um, and I feel strongly that I should talk about him. Oh, give me a minute. Um, Ken was an ordinary bloke, he was an accountant, and um, he loved his family well, he lived incredibly well. Um, he, I- in many ways, was an ordinary fella, but he was extraordinary man. He uh, had suffered greatly, him and Jeannie, by the loss of two children, one stillborn, and the other through a tragic, accidental drowning death of their little one when she was tiny. And um, they suffered greatly. This is before they became Christians, and then over time they gave their lives to the Lord. And Ken and Jeannie are just two of the most incredible people, I know. (laughs) In many ways personifies what we've been talking about he would together with Jeannie just lay hands on anything and just pray God's kingdom upon them that's just what they did that's what they lived their lives out doing that and they modeled it to so many people and they trained so many people and They saw the kingdom come in so many people's lives because despite their brokenness, they invited Jesus to heal them, and he did, and he set them free, and because of that, they reached out to a broken, hurting world and people, and that's how they lived their lives. Ken was a wealthy man. He was successful in business and uh, was incredibly generous, just incredibly generous. I was part of a church plant that started in 1993, and in 1996 acquired a, an old warehouse building, which became the church, and Ken was the, one of the trustees, one of the board, and uh, he was also, I think, the guy in charge of finance, which was really good. And, um, and I spoke to Ken just a year ago, and he said, you remember the warehouse you remember the warehouse 1996 he said i made, we made the final payment on the 20 year mortgage just last month and i was just like wow and for me and that was part of my story right that was just part of the stepping out in faith and that was just what he what was and what was was a part of and um, 3 weeks ago uh, when i was in england i went to visit them and i went to their house and uh same can, but deteriorating. And uh, I had the privilege of spending a bit of time and just prayed for them. And I prayed for the miracle. Everything we've been talking about. Pray for God. Come, Holy Spirit. Your kingdom come. Restore. Rebuke cancer. Command cancer to leave. And so we give it our best. This is what we spoke about last week, wasn't it? We step in. We step out even though it's costly, even though it's painful, even though we're clinging on, we're clinging on. And sadly, he passed away last night. But, death, where is your sting? Genius. Facebook post this morning I wish I had permission to read it it's the most incredible thing (coughs) so articulate so graceful so hopeful she detailed just the passing it's just brutally honest and brutally raw and real amongst the pain in amongst our pain Jesus steps in he steps into it in church we've got to go after it we are the people of hope he places his kingdom inside us and he calls us to lead the charge into brokenness into pain into suffering and proclaim there is another way The hope and the life of what Jesus has done for us is for us, but it's for a broken, hurting world. And Ken Morgan lived well, and he loved well, and he's with Jesus forever and ever. Boy, we want our lives to count. Whatever age we are today, we want our lives to count get to the end we say I ran well boy it was hard boy it was tough at times I picked up that injury along the way but I got nursed people got around me and they helped me they lifted me up and they said come on we'll run together and as you run together you, you find some other ways and strays along the way and you grab along them and you're like come on Let's do this together. I've got some notes, but it kind of feels a bit weird, really, doing anything. Um, No, we'll do it. We'll do it. (coughs) Regardless of whether someone is healed or not, the presence of Jesus still comes, right? Right? Uh, we're, we're so admirable of our friends in Coleraine who started the Healing on the Streets ministry, and they would say the same. It doesn't matter. It does matter. If someone's healed or not, it does matter. Regardless, when a person chooses to sit in a seat in the middle of their town center, and someone come alongside and pray for them, they always, they might not always encounter healing, but they always encounter the presence of Jesus, always, because he's good all of the time. Jesus uh, has, uh, he did the kingdom, he spoke of the kingdom, words, works and wonders, everything we've been talking about over the last number of weeks. He trained his disciples to do the same, they did the same. The early church thrived and grew. Come 313 AD, um, 20% of Europe, or the Roman, uh, the Roman occupancy, had become Christians and converted. Exponentially, the Church was thriving, was growing, and Constantine officially made Christianity to be the religion of the Roman Empire. Things were going absolutely amazing. God's power was being released. But it's here that things, the wheels begin to fall off. Sadly, the power of the Holy Spirit, which was administered to the body to go and do the things that Jesus did, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, began to cease. One of the main reasons was man's power. We got in the way and we interfered. The early church practiced the every believer Ministry, The vineyard mandate, everyone gets to play. Hebrews 7 to 10 refers to the, the priesthood of all believers with Jesus as the high priest. But with it came mess. With it came uh, struc- or things which were unstructured and haphazard. And with time restrictions and regulations were put in place. Set prayers were being said, prescribed blessings and particular methods. And by only the fourth century, the every member ministry, everyone getting to do the Jesus stuff was replaced by ordained priests and bishops, etc. Healing to the church became a sacrament. Instead of um, uh, just going for it and laying hands and, and doing everything that Jesus modeled, Uh, Healing became part of the church sacraments and so we, we find that healing would take place at baptism or the Lord's Supper. And instead of it being normal life in the marketplace, it was being brought and professionalized only in church life. From humble healers to prosperous, powerful. The humble healers were Jesus fishermen, the humble people of the day. And instead of everyone getting to play it became about the rich and the, uh, the upright and church became respectable. Oh Lord, save us from being respectable. A hierarchy, medi- medieval worldview of God was established. We had angels, we had saints, we had cardinals, pope, archbishops, bishops and priests, And this produced this hierarchical kind of tier of trying to get to another level, another level. And everything became, instead of it being about everybody doing it, it became about the one doing it as it became professionalized. Healing shift from the living to the dead, from incarnation to incantation, from resurrection to ritual. A million still today, they flock to shrines for the hope of healing. I remember years ago my first experience of being in Ireland somewhere, uh, I think in County Cork or County Kerry. I remember this phenomenon about oh Mary is crying, and there was this this uh, this statue of Mary as you'd find in uh, many places uh, around the world, especially in the, in the Catholic Church and in the south of Ireland. I, I was down there, and everyone went. Literally parking up cars and looking at this statue to see it, w- it w- was Mary crying. It was just my goodness, how do we get to that? How do we get to that? By the 16th century, we've just shifted history by hundreds and hundreds of years. John Calvin develops a cessationalist viewpoint of healing. <coughs> Cessationalism simply means cease, stopped. And and we begun to adopt a theology, a biblical understanding. That the power of the kingdom, signs and wonders and healings and miracles ceased with Jesus and the early apostles. Thanks be to God that in our day, these things are being renewed and resurrected. Sometimes it came within the church and sometimes from outside the church through new thinking, through Christian science. Other significant moments of uh, change were evangelical revivals, Pentecostalism, uh, church growths through signs and wonders and tongues and healings and deliverance. Western missionaries going to the two-thirds part of the world and seeing signs and wonders take place and wondering how can we ever do that. Our Phil's grandparents, David and Mary Pitches, who's again fingerprints are all over our church went to Chile as missionaries and saw God do the stuff and on return to a middle to upper class leafy suburbia of Hertfordshire Church of England church how do I begin I'm assuming David was thinking like this how do I model what I've seen happen that God do in Chile in Chorleywood, How can that be? And that was very much the beginning of their journey and has been our journey uh, for many years also. We've emerging church networks like Vineyard and uh, many others, New Frontiers, and we've Hillsong, we've a number of others that that are doing similar stuff, pushing into similar uh, ways of doing things through a similar theology. I read this research and all this Pope John the 23rd he opened the Vatican in 1962 these were his words can you believe this come holy spirit give us a second pentecost charismatic renewal spreading across many established traditional churches we see it don't we we see it in the established denominations the Anglican Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Methodist Church, we see pockets of it. We see brave, brave men and women who are leading churches, full and steeped with tradition and thinking and theology that has shaped the church for centuries, stepping out in faith, renewing and being bold and being brave and praying the prayer, come Holy Spirit, do it in our days. The motto of our town, I've I've, uh, spoken about this many times, is um, the glory, the, the meaning of the Latin, which I can't pronounce very well, the meaning of it is the glory of the old made new. That's a really brief snapshot of the very old that died and is resurrected. We are his people and we get to do this stuff. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But we push into it, we press into it. My uh, dream, my hope is that our children and our children's children won't have to journey the the thinking of, or the transition of getting our heads around a shift of God doesn't do that to God does do that. The more we push into it, The more we ask, the more we're going to see. But we must. Even when it doesn't go the way we want it to go. We still yet will cling on to him. That was brief. And I'm glad it was. Because I wanted it to be. Because what I wanted to do this morning. And you'll be glad to know. This will fill you with great confidence. I've got no idea what we're going to do next. Is I just feel like we need to be in his presence all of us we just need to spend time from our crazy rushing around lives and be in his presence why because it's in his presence we meet with him he speaks to us it's in his presence that his power is released and his power to do this stuff that we're talking about i wonder can we worship some more is that okay If these guys come up, worship the Lord some more and then we're just going to give some space and time and um, just to see what God wants to do. And we'll probably give some invitation for people to receive prayer and we're going to pray because that's what we do. Let's stand together and the guys will lead us.